This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode was recorded before the SAG after strike, and in solidarity, this will be the final eargasm as we will be going on hiatus until the deals are met. Please join me in solidarity at sagafterstrike.org. Enjoy the eargasm, and remember, safe sex is the best hot sex. Enjoy. Warning the following program is not for the weak hearted, those who are closed minded. In general, you're scared to learn what's behind closed doors. Here at Sapphire's Airplay, I want you to pour the wine, grab somebody that you want to hold on to, or better yet, get the vibration stimulated through your body. Get ready for one hell of an orgasm in five, four, three, two, one. What is up, all you sexy motherfuckers out there in Radio Land? It's your girl, Sapphire. Back at it, and oh my goodness, I am so excited to bring on this next guest. We connected through the MoNAP, which many, it seems to be the running theme this year of 2023, is get all the monsters from the MoNAP, get them on Sapphire's Ear Play, and let you know people tell their stories, share their talents. My guest is an erotic voice, if you will, erotic voiceover artist. She is also an author and sexuality and erotic podcaster. You may know her as the lovely voice behind Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow. And you guys can definitely check it out. And she has an up and coming project coming out just in August. So just next month called Neighborhood Sex Secrets. So I am so, so happy to bring on Ruin. Oh, that is not the crickets. We are not giving crickets to you. (laughs) Ruin, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm just really pumped and excited. <laughs> I know. I Sometimes I feel people are like, I never know what to expect on your show. Expect the unexpected. It's just good mm-hmm. times, good sex enthusiasts, and, podca- and pod- um, positivity, if you will. Look at me. Tongue-tied already. Already, you guys. <laughs> it's not like I've been doing this for years. Here we go. <laughs> so Ruin, sounds good to me. Right? <laughs> So, Ruin, walk me through your journey, your path. What led you into erotica, especially, you know, now where I feel like erotica is in its just high rise. Mm -hmm, Definitely. It's really, yeah, it's really getting to a good place. But yeah, I started out writing. I mean, I've written my whole life and I kind of took a big giant break from it. And around 2016, I started writing again pretty heavily. And I started to write romance, just, you know, regular romance. And I was doing some nonfiction stuff. I started a a blog, a website, and I really wanted to just start adding in sex to the romance because I felt like it wasn't a full picture of reality, a real relationship. Like if it's missing the sex, I felt like it wasn't as, as real. You know Mm. what I mean? Because in relationships, there's fucking. So I wanted fucking in my stories. So I started <laughs> so I started to add in more sexuality. I actually started out on Twitter and I created just on a total whim that I wanted to just start doing something erotic. So I started just like posting on Twitter mm-hmm. and it grew from there and it kind of blew my mind. I created a website and started writing stories and putting that on there. And then people just started to respond to me. So I kept growing and growing. And then one day I decided, yeah, it's Christmas time. I decided to say a little work, just a video. I didn't record anything. I think I recorded the Black Knight. I don't know what it was, but I just like, happy, you know, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. And people started to say, I really love your voice. And I was like, you do? <laughs> Isn't that interesting when... It's like we never are satisfied, even as voiceover artists. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. what 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 type of work we put out. It's like when people say, "I really love your voice," I get kind of awkward, you know, because yeah, I'm like, yeah. I can't stand my voice. 
but you know you have, you have that, a lovely voice i love your voice and i love yours i love you know the nice raspy whisper tone that you have it's very just soothing so i guess we're in the right industry right exactly exactly and, and, and things started to grow and I, i'm you know people were saying well you should start a podcast you should start and i'm like i can't do that i'm doing all this writing i'm trying to write and about that same time, people kept saying that to me. A man who was a director at a publishing house heard my voice on Twitter. Wow. And contacted me and said, hey, do you want to, do you ever record audiobooks? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he says, do you want to? And I'm like, well, I guess. <laughs> so I started that journey and he hooked me up with this amazing mentor and he taught me a lot of stuff. And and I was starting the podcast around the same time, boom. And then I started to publish books. It was kind of like this big boom of like three, four months and like, you know, just big explosion of everything. And it's just grown from there. So that's that's kind of how, how I landed where I am today. And I would have never in a million years said, I am going to be a podcaster someday. I'm going to make audiobooks. Never, never. Wow. <laughs> so... Your interest, of course, is with erotica. So your sexual mm -hmm. journey, if you will, how much does that incorporate with the erotica that you create? Oh, yeah, it definitely plays a role. And, you know, some people think that just because I write about something means I want to do that particular act. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, 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 not necessarily. <laughs> I'm right, still creating stories. I'm still creating fiction. And but I definitely will say every female character I write does have a piece of me in that character it just kind of happens and sometimes more of it gets more of the characters more of the story gets more of me in it and other times less and you know people just kind of I think people just want it to be like I want everything but <laughs> they like that <laughs> hey that's okay to have it all we can have it all can't we <laughs> that's right so I definitely like a lot of the things I do but I write about but I definitely wouldn't do them all but definitely quite a few I'm very open and I'm very adventurous and I've really been exploring my sexuality not only through the podcast but through writing so and I don't like to limit myself you know mm. I know I know people like to have a niche and stuff but it's kind of I mean I guess I sort of do but I, I have a wide niche I guess I would say what has been your favorite by far as far as like the niche that you're tapping into but I also like how you said you're you're finding different ways to explore through your writing which is something mm -hmm. that I guess sometimes for creative beings, you know, we do try to add in a little bit, if you will, like elaboration of our own lives and kind of transpire into the world that we are creating. But at the same time, do you ever find yourself like jaded by, you know, what you're exploring? Um, I have, but I tend to, I mean, I've even written things that I don't want to do, which is a really a challenge, mm -hmm. you know, but I always think about how, you know, I, I, I once was on this podcast and people were telling me, they were telling me that you really shouldn't write something that you haven't done before. And I thought, well, I'm not writing memoir, right? And if that's true, then no one should write science fiction. No one should write fantasy because they aren't doing those things. Mm -hmm. Stephen King isn't a secret murderer, crazy man. <laughs> At least that's like a clown. We I mean like to think that way, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does have the face for it. I mean, if y'all have never seen Stephen King, just look that motherfucker up. And <laughs> listen. I know, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. But it is it is such a great way to explore. And, and not only for me, but people who are going to be reading it, they can mm -hmm. explore. Like, you know, say you're interested about something. Or you can read a, a, a fiction story about it. You could read it with your partner and be like, hey, what do you think of this? It's a way to introduce, too. I'm glad that you brought that up because I have been trying to really incorporate a lot of erotica in the bedroom. And it's definitely been a helpful tool, especially because I don't know if you know this about me. I've been working in the adult industry as long as I've been in radio. And so porn for me, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it, it does not do anything for me. You know, it's because maybe it's the fact that. Half of the people that I edit, I actually am very close friends with. So it's kind of that <laughs> awkward moment, like I'm rooting on my friend, but I'm also like, I can't get off to my friend <laughs> in the industry. <laughs> and for the longest, I had a long rule. If I interviewed, you know, a certain porn star on this podcast, I would never jill off to their material, their material. But what I really like about erotica, especially like the audio realm, I mm. love just sitting in the bed with my partner or by myself 
you know, have a couple toys, light up a joint, maybe have a glass of wine and just kind of in competition, if you will, you know, depending upon the erotica, but kind of like out orgasm the character or, you know, just kind (laughs) of like make it seem like I have a third or fourth being in the room. I love that. And I really want couples to start opening up more to the world of erotica. Like, let's talk about the difference. Erotica, pornography, I feel like there's been a great debate, if you will, over the years, especially since the pandemic, where people are now turning to the word that pornography is just so bad and we want to call it erotica. You may have seen it with wellness products, you know, saying that we're not porn, we're erotica. Mm -hmm. For me, in like looking at this article that I was reading over the weekend, it said that erotica is sometimes misconstrued um, misconstrued as pornography. However, as time changes, erotica is any artistic work that deals with substantially erotic um, elements, stimulation, if you will, or sexually arousing subject matter. I completely agree. But what do you think the difference between erotica and pornography, like where does that lie? I think there's a big difference because if you're watching porn, everything's handed to you. You could... It'd be a lot harder to imagine them looking differently, doing different things, having different looks in their eyes. But if you are listening to a story, you are immersing yourself in it in a different way than when you're watching porn. You're using your own imagination. You may see the person as somebody totally different than another person. And you're going to set that up differently in your brain. So I think it's I think you can definitely immerse yourself much deeper into erotica. And there tends to be a story. However, there there are levels of erotica. I mean, all the way down from smut, which would be probably closer to porn, where it's just the sex act, mm-hmm. to erotica, to erotic romance, which may have more of a story, more romance in it. And I think that's what a lot of people like, too, is they like the story. They, like, they may like the sex scene, but they really also like to know what, more about the characters than just what their body parts are doing, you know? And it, it erotica, especially audio erotica, can give that to you. And just to listen to certain people's voices, too, is can be very sensual and pleasing and definitely arousing, especially if you're an auditory person with your sexuality, you know? Absolutely. What are some of the sexiest sounds, phrases, just in general, like what titillates that ear of ruin? <laughs> I am very, I'm definitely auditory. And I don't think I really realized that until I was doing all of this audio. Like, I love dirty talk. I mean, I'm like all over dirty talk. That like gets me crazy. And like continual verbalizations is Oof. very, like if I'm looking at, okay, so if I'm looking at porn and it's silent, I'm like, oh, fuck no. I want to <laughs> hear you people. I want to know what the fuck you're saying. I want to know how you say it. Give it to me. I, you know, like if I'm if it's silent, I'm like, I'm moving on. I don't want this silent shit. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, who who honestly loves silent fucking? I always get scared if you're not <laughs> responsive in the bedroom. I'm like, hello, are, are we are we alive here? Like, do I have a pulse? Come on. <laughs> exactly. Are you alive in there? What's going on when you're yeah, because it's just it leaves us such a huge part if it, it's silent. You know, that's just that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then even just like in our relationships, I love mm. a good wordplay in my relationships. You know, mm. I like dirty talking to the extent not like of, you know, degradation or, you know, mm. anything offensive, but I don't know, it's something about the active role play that sometimes Wordplay versus role play. I think it's harder to sometimes get into role play when you're mm. in relationships because, you know, you're so used to seeing your partner one way. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but role playing for me always just ends up in shits and giggles. <laughs> Goes yeah. the complete opposite route. But the dirty talking. Oh, honey. Yes. <laughs> like say all the dirty things in my ear say it out loud you know so the neighbors can hear it like <laughs> the fucking louder the better and you know words are very powerful I don't know like I maybe I shouldn't have been reading this you know at 11 and 12 and I do definitely blame you know Jackie Collins and my father who mm. introduced me to the world of Jackie Collins to uh <laughs> Just kind of ruin, not ruin sex, but also just like the expectation of sex, I feel, mm. from a female gaze. 
because we've read the old erotica from yeah, the yeah. 80s and 90s. And, mm. you know, just like they say that porn is so just not real. Yeah. Some of these books, <laughs> I, I swear to God, there's just no way in hell, you know, you're at the <laughs> office and then all of a sudden this man with his bulging pants is just going to bend you over <laughs> In the desk, and you're still going to make it to your 5 p.m. meeting. Like, no, no, right. this shit does not happen, you. It's it's to, it does have an element of ridiculousness to it, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, yes, absolutely. And you just so happened didn't spill your coffee. You know, your hair wasn't frapped. <laughs> Come on, the expectations and that. But something I really like is like the real like the real life audio erotica that's been coming out. Um, I've mm-hmm. talked about Dipsy a lot, especially because mm-hmm. I myself am a Dipsy fan and how they just really tap into all different spectrums. And so for oh, you, yeah. what's your favorite type of erotica that you like to create? Oh, gosh, I I do everything from woman on woman to heterosexual to multiple partner. Uh, I really also really enjoy erotic rom-com, which I think is fun. It's fun to have Ooh. like, you know you know, comedy in there or just like silly, ridiculous things. So I have a series that is uh, an erotic rom-com series and that's so much fun too. And I just have so many different places I want to go. I have a giant list of things that I would like to write about. So I'm not going to run out of stuff. (laughs) I love that. I love that. What has been the most challenging thing as a female, you know, erotica, just expertise, if you will, you know, have you found challenges in your personal life um, as a female in this industry? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot, of, like I said earlier, a lot of people think that just because I write a particular story that that's my fantasy. And I'm still like, no, I'm still writing fiction. It's People somehow view the genre of erotica differently than other genres. And I'm not quite sure why that is, maybe because it is about sex and it's about something personal. Sex is very personal, but people will think that just because I wrote something that that's my fantasy or Mm. that that's a reflection of my life. And I even have a a series where the character is ruined and, you know, people think, oh, that's really, that's really what her life is. And I'm like, no, no, that's still fiction, baby. It is not a memoir. (laughs) I was going to ask you, like, you know, how you said you insert yourself in a lot of these stories, you know, how much of it Mm -hmm. does get transpired from real life to where you, like, do you find yourself on dates or sexual excursions, if you will, and just say, hold on, pause, I need to write this down (laughs) for my (laughs) next book. Like, do you ever find yourself doing that? Because I, I tend to do that a lot with show topics you know I'm in the middle Mm -hmm. of interacting with my partners you know being polyamorous and all that and Mm -hmm. I always trans like seem to have to break in between my my dates sometimes (laughs) if you will be like actually you just said something really good I need to circle that for your play (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely I mean you know there's phrases you take sometimes even you know like the way somebody says something or a string of words a sentence I've done that just an idea oh absolutely so and but that's really fun too I mean it's just it's a fun thing to do I think to take like a real sentence that somebody said and like Put it in a story. Yes. That's fucking fun. And then it's like an inside joke, like not joke, but inside like, you know, sexiness, I guess. (laughs) Remember when? (laughs) I love that. And I think that it also can enhance the relationship so much better. You know, Mm. if we take a little bit what we learn from erotica, because I feel like it can really enhance a relationship. And let's Mm -hmm. get into that, because I feel that there are a lot of couples who find it kind of hard to bring back that spark that they used to have when they're first dating or when they first got married. And especially for those, you know, who have kids. I don't have kids, Mm -hmm. but I have a lot of friends who are now just up and coming, popping out babies like it's Skittles. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they always come to me like, how do you just keep it so fresh in your relationship? And I was like, well, being polyamorous, that's one part of, you know, keeping it fresh in the bedroom because as Mm -hmm. my primary partner and I, my live-in, um, boyfriend that we talk about is he loves to go on he sees sex as like a social thing me it's Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more deeper but sex for him is a more social thing so if he's on dates with somebody he likes to sometimes you know try things out 
and then bring it mm-hmm. home and be like, you know what? That was really fun with that date. Let me let me bring it home to to Sapphire and see what she would like about that. And sometimes I'm like, where the fuck did you learn this? <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> and other times I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> it's like you could go back to your chew toy for that one. That's not me. <laughs> Right. (laughs) You know, it's it's true, though. I mean, you know, erotica is a definitely great way to introduce things to and be like, you know, just sit back and listen to a story together and be like, you know, instead of of going up to the person and saying like, hey, do you want to, you know, do this role play or do you want to be tied up or whatever it is? Mm sit and listen to a story about it and then talk about it and be like, hey, what did you think of that? You know, you're not putting the person on the spot. It's a really indirect way to bring up a sexual topic is if you choose a book and say hey let's listen to this book together and talk about it i like you know yes Mm -hmm. because it's almost if you will like a a show and tell you know yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that it would be good for couples to just one night especially those again losing their spark or having communication problems that they're able to pop in one of your works or, you know, read one of your works and kind of just say like, hey, hun, came across this. Let me know what you think. And from there, just kind of explore, if you will, see how long you last if you get to the erotica, <laughs> if you will. I think that is a great tool for couples. And also for you, like, where do you find like... Do you ever find yourself drawing inspiration from other couples or like do your does your audience reach out to you and give you some inspiration? How does that all work and entail with the works that you put out? Absolutely. So I've had people specifically reach out and give me story ideas or reach out to me and say, hey, will you write a story about this? Will you create something on your podcast about this? And I have created works and published using those ideas. And it's, it's really fun. It's really satisfying for me. It gets satisfying for the person who asked for it. I've had people even pay me commissions, you know, will you write a story and pay me to write a story about that. And then I'll be like, well, where are you okay, okay with me sharing this? And, you know, whatever they wish, then I might create it into a, a novella or a podcast episode. You know, there's so many different things that you can do with that. And it's just really fun. I really enjoy doing that. <laughs> Let's see. I forgot. What's the first part of your question? So that part, and then there was another Oh, we part. were talking about your your favorite type of the erotica, like the type of genre that you like to tap into. Oh, yes, yes. And I really, I, I read a lot of my peers, not, and I really like to stick with um, indie authors who are doing what they want mm-hmm. rather than people who are trying to fit into the mainstream publishers because- I mean, I, I have a book published with a, a publisher, traditional publisher, and they really do try to guide it and fit it into a certain mold, you know? And when you're an indie author, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I was you just publishing it. I'm glad that you mentioned <laughs> that because I was always wondering, you know, when people sign with major, you know, publishing houses versus you, you have your own company, which mm-hmm. we got to toot that because I think that's amazing that you have been able to create your own company, which is called Pink Infinity. Mm-hmm. And yep. are you taking on new authors? Like, how does this company work set aside from, you know, the major companies that you may be working with? Well, I definitely want to do that at some point. I would love to take on authors. Right now, I'm just doing my own, but mm-hmm. I definitely would like to do that in the future. That's definitely a goal of mine, and I like to go that way. But the reason I did it was I was, you know, author or publishers will put out a call for submissions. Okay, Mm -hmm. we want this. So you write a story for that, right? And then they don't choose you. What do you do with that story? You've wasted your time. And I did it a couple of times. And one actually wanted something. And then I, I just decided, you know what, I don't want to fit in their mold. Mm -hmm. And, And I didn't want to keep writing stories that we're fitting what they wanted. Like, okay, so, you know, I can turn around and take that story and just publish it myself, you know, if they didn't want it. But it just, to me, it gave me such a a greater uh, bandwidth to do whatever I want. I could create my own cover. I could pay for a cover. I can do what I want. And I can choose which editor I want. You know, it's just a crazy amount of freedom. And we're living in a time... That has never happened 
ever that we know of in this world right now where we can create content and publish it and distribute it across the world. I mean, that's like mind blowing that we can do this. And while we still can, let, let's be completely honest, because I know even in radio right now, I keep saying it. It's like we're in uncharted territories with the integration of AI. You know, they have yeah, yeah. now an AI DJ who is boasting that, no, this is just the way of the future and it's not going to replace any radio jocks. But it's like it is. And it makes me mm. very scared, you know, as a yeah. creative. Mm-hmm. But that's why also I'm I'm happy to have Sapphire Zero Play under my control. Just like you have yes. your works under your own control. Yep. Can you see, you know, the... Can you see AI really tapping in to the world of erotica? And does that scare you at any point? Um, It does scare me, but as a person, I would be like, I don't really want to read something created by an AI. I want to read it created by some a person, mm-hmm. from a person's brain. That is way sexier than some stupid AI. I mean, it just is. Yeah. So I don't know that I would ever, if I knew if something was made by an AI, I don't know that I'd want it. It is kind of scary when you think about it, especially like, you know, for years, you know, people used to say like, oh, books are dead, you know, especially like when e-books started coming out and people were like, oh, that's the end of literature. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Books are going to keep coming out left and right. People are going to still need to find research or some type of entertainment. So I think mm-hmm. for you, it's like, yeah, erotica it can evolve. And like you said, AI can still be out there. But it's people like yourself that really tap in to their audience and tap in to making real connections work. And who knows what can happen, you know, later on with the evolution of erotica. I could see you screenwriting for, you know, mm-hmm. some of these these much needed porns that like would you would you ever consider you know writing for some porn companies or would you want to stick to the erotic I would I would I do another unique thing I do is I've written I think I've written four stories for frolic me oh I don't know if you've heard of them yep the ethical porn site uh, one, you know, female owned, they're out of the UK. And so they make these beautiful, gorgeous films. And I've written, they like to have a fiction story go along with their film. And so I have written four stories for them so far. I think three of them have been published so far. But it's not a mirror of what's happening. It's like more information to make it a more complete picture. You get to create the storyline and stuff that goes with it. So that's kind of like similar to what you're saying. And I I do enjoy doing that. Yeah, for sure. I love that. We're going to take a quick sexy break. Speaking about erotica, I want to give you guys a quick little sexy break from our sponsors at Afterglow. Stay tuned. Are you finding it hard to communicate to your partner of what you want and need? Maybe you're sick of the old flick my bean routine. Well, that's where exoafterglow.com can help you. Using my code SAPPHIRE for seven days free, Afterglow is the next best thing when it comes to erotic content. Not only do you get curated videos specialized in what you need, I'm talking videos, tutorials, even BTS. Yes, behind the scenes and interviews, from your favorite performers and directors. Afterglow goes above and beyond when it comes to erotica and porn. It actually destigmatizes the word porn. Just enhance your pleasure. Look no further than exoafterglow.com. Again, seven days free using my code SAPPHIRE. And trust me, it's not just for one-on-one time. Send it to your partner, send it to your friends. So what are you waiting for? Visit exoafterglow.com. Enhance your pleasure, one orgasm at a time. Now back to the show. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that sexy break. And again, use my code Sapphire for 70s free with Afterglow. Back with Ruin. Wow. We have been talking so much about, you know, just the aspect of erotica, your journey and everything. What can you see yourself doing next in the world of erotica? Is there something that you want to tap into that you feel is like, you know what? never been able to do this let me push myself to do it what do you think is going to come next for you out of your projects well I guess I would say something that I've actually already started a little bit of which is working with other voice actors 
on audiobooks. So kind of making it more of a production where it's not just only me. And I'm really curious how my fans are going to respond to that. I've done one book with two other podcasters who are wanting to break into the voiceover realm and I hired them to be the two male voices in one of my audiobooks and so which was so I mean you know creating an audiobook is very very time consuming very time consuming like if you're narrating you know you can expect two to four times as long to edit that audio than it took for you to narrate it right so then now mix in other voices right you're going to magnify the length of that even longer so I've started doing that and I have that book out. And right now I'm working with three different men on this book where they all do different things. Like one man does audio voiceover work on OnlyFans and another one does it on Pornhub. And then the other one is the podcaster. And so it's really fun to mix my voice with their voices into an audiobook. And so I guess that's kind of what I'm really excited about moving into right now. But it's 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 also interesting because I've tried a few voices with mine and they didn't work. It didn't sound as good. You know, it's, it's so interesting. Like I, I really hadn't thought of that until I listened to it and I'm like, oh, that sounds, that doesn't work. And so it's really fun to do this and it makes it more of a production and yeah, we'll see where it goes. I'll see if people like it. And if they do, I'll continue to do it. But if not, I'll switch back to just all me. <laughs> I really admire that because I had thought about doing more storyline podcasts, like audiobooks, if you will. Mm. People have asked yeah. me to do that. And I started um, auditioning a lot for certain audiobooks, which is crazy to me. Mm. Like I just started a month in to voiceover okay. and getting a lot of national, um, booking a lot of national spots and all that fingers crossed mm. but it's also I've never thought I would see myself as an audiobook narrator because right. like you said it is a lot of work I'm so used to doing you know sponsored ads for both radio and for podcasting 30 seconds mm. in a minute out that's about it done deal then I do my editing if you if I have to do any editing and mm-hmm. maybe two hours tops boom done even like right re- you know editing this podcast it's two, three hours of my day, boom, I'm done. That's it. And I really admire your hustle as, you know, creating audiobooks versus writing. I know there's probably a huge difference because again, you have to worry about the voices, the sound effects, then blending everything together, mixing y'all. It's a pain in the ass. (laughs) It is. It it is. (laughs) And you want it to flow. You don't want to sound like you're in different rooms. You know, like if someone has a different like, so you have to, you ha- it has to sound, you ha- it has to sound a certain way. Absolutely. Otherwise it's going to just sound silly or dumb or fake, you know? And so that's definitely a challenge, but yeah, I know <laughs> my longest book was Magic and Her Kisses. And I think that book ended up over seven hours. Wow. Whew. That was a long, long sucker. And, and that one was my woman, uh, woman on woman story my fiction story and but this this next one I'm working on will be the next one I'm working on will be even longer when I'm, I'm right now I'm doing decadent erotica my anthology and then when I do um neighborhood sex secrets that one's going to be even longer because it's a longer book let's so, talk about is, neighborhood sex secrets the yes. name in general I'm just I'm thinking of like <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's like, oh, this is like one of those lifetime, like edgy ones. It sounds like the, the title. Tell us about it. Get us this hype. You know, you're launching it next month. So I know you're excited. What can people expect from this story? So this is a story about a woman. I wanted to write a, a story about a woman who was exploring her sexuality, sex exploring, and just really expanding her sexuality so she comes out of a marriage where she was very repressed Mm. he was a narcissistic abusive person that really repressed her and just totally she finally breaks free and so she's now a single person she's a single mom in a neighborhood and so this is like a suburban neighborhood right that looks really vanilla and boring and ho-hum and so she goes (laughs) to this she goes to this neighborhood pool party and there's a couple of men who were hitting on her, they're, they're neighborhood men, and they they just kind of bring up to her, hey, you know, we're, we're swingers, do you want to join us kind of a thing? And they kind of pull her into the pool shed, and she's 
(laughs) She just decides to let go. And so they, so she's, she finds herself all of a sudden she's, she's, you know, she's been attracted, especially to the one of them. And all of a sudden they get into this situation where she's just, her mind is blown. And so they get into this relationship where they are a triad. So it's, and then they, they use the terms of the role play of daddy, daddy, and little girl, um, good girl. They don't necessarily little girl, but so they are, so they introduce her to this secret underworld of swinging that is occurring in her neighborhood where she has lived for years and had absolutely no idea that this was going on. And so she creates this sexual bucket list and they help her do all these things. And she, she gets really, really raunchy. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, she does. She wants to do a gangbang. She wants to do a blowjob event at the barbecue blow of the neighborhood j- barbecue. Blow blowjob event. Hold up. I need more because I like the way I'm picturing it. Is like <laughs> you have your ba- your barbecue of the neighborhood. Everybody's like, oh, try my potato salad and have a side of blowjobs if you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very done very secretively, and only they've only approached her 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 partners have approached certain men and so they have they have this like garden area and they're like watching out and so then the men come in I don't want to spoil too much but so like they set it up ahead of time so they're setting up all these different scenarios for her and she gets to uh, have fun and it's really all about what she wants even though some of these men may not think that that's what's going on it's what she wants, and her partners are watching out, making sure it's going exactly how she wants. She is a submissive. She's their submissive, but it's all what she wants. So I had so much fun writing it. I did a lot of raunchy things that, you know, many people might think, oh, I would never do that. But Alexa, <laughs> her name is Alexa. Alexa wants to do that, baby, and she does it all. <laughs> now, was there any real-life inspiration out of this tale? Pieces of it, pieces of it were were definitely reflective of me and my fantasies for sure. Not not all of it, but definitely pieces of it. And so it just, I really went all different places. You know, there's multiple partners. She's bisexual, so there's a little bit of that that comes into play that she's never done before. And oh, wow. so I go a lot of different different sexual places and a lot of different just different sexual acts in, well, the, in the book. And there's a full storyline that goes along with it too. So it's not just all, you know, Alexa going around having sex with everybody and doing. <laughs> I like that. I'm okay. I'm already getting hypes. I'm gonna have to just do the pre-sale on Amazon right now, if you will, because <laughs> this sounds fun. I I love these types of stories of erotica. Of you know the woman who is rediscovering herself through sexuality, mm-hmm. I find that very important, especially as I'm in my early 30s, and I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. there's a lot that happens, you know, between your 20s and 30s, and you know, I, I love the change, if you will, because mm-hmm. my 20s were my mistakes to be a hoe. Now I would say becoming polyamorous <laughs> in my 30s. <laughs> I am now a selective hoe, if you will. <laughs> so it's nice to like tap in and be like, nah, I'm not, I'm not with that shit anymore. Like, especially yeah. now with men, it's gosh. I, I'm good in the dick department, as I like to say. But also <laughs> it's it's just nice to know exactly what the fuck I want, how I want mm-hmm. it, and then finding yeah. erotica that speaks to me on that. So yeah. I love stories like that where you know the character is is you know pushing her boundaries if her if you will but also like well, rediscovering her body and i think that's extremely oh. important extremely important. it was so fun too to write the chapter i wrote one particular chapter where she's just it's, it's all about how she's masturbating with toys and you know she never had this experience in her life and it was really fun to write that and have her explore that and she had a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever encourage your readers, you know, as they're flipping through or even listening through, do you encourage them to, if you will, go through a self-exploration phase of the stories? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. How important yeah. would you say that they need to start incorporating masturbation into erotica? Oh, 100%. 
They totally should. I think I'm I'm totally with you. I think it's a tool. I think it's entertainment. It is something that can get you in the mood. It can help you get off. It definitely should include masturbation. And, and I, that, I, to me, that's an honor. I'm like, if you get off to my book and my writing, I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it makes you know that you're... every day. <laughs> it makes you know... It, it's, it must make you feel good to know that you're serving a purpose beyond just, you know, pages, you know, notes to a page or, you know, just simply saying like words and phrases. Being able to say oh. like you've probably helped couples and individuals become and rediscover themselves through sex in a way that makes them feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean that that is amazing. If if I can do that kind of stuff, I feel like a success. That is fantastic. Man, fucking tastic. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say are some of the like do's and don'ts of erotica? Because I feel like there's gotta be a fine line. Of when, you know, someone might be listening right now and they're like, you know what, I think I can do this. But do you have any tips or just like the do's and don'ts when it comes to erotica? Yeah. And it really does depend on your audience. Like I have both male and female. I have, you know, penis owners and vulva owners listen to me. But it depends on your audience sometimes. Like I tend to find penis owners really like when I make a lot of sounds. They like the moaning. They like sounds. But some of the the women, the Volvo owners, don't necessarily like that as much unless they happen to be into women. So mm. that's where it gets to be a challenge. And, some, you know, I've also narrated for, I think, four or five other authors. And it really helps to know who their audience is going to be, what, how much of that I add in. And the author often has their own opinion, too. Like I just did one caught by the panther and it was a female author and she wanted very minimal sound effects like she just wanted like just really scaled back and so I did that for her but it's it, it does depend on who your audience is so if you think you're going to do something you're not going to necessarily please every single mm-hmm. reader every single audience it's just it's a reality and so you got to do what you do you got to do what seems to fit that author or that particular storyline you know and so you can't overdo it and I've had some people that did not like and like oh I was way too much sound and other people like yes I love that give me more sound you know like <laughs> so that's a definitely a, a hard thing to navigate but know your audience I guess for what you're doing is the big key 1000% and that even goes with podcasting you've got to know your audience you know, Test yeah. Kitchen, as I like to say, is the best. You know, some topics are going to resonate with others than the ones that I think are going to resonate. And I love that. But yeah, also, yeah. I got to ask, and you know, I'm not trying to sound crass. I know I really just said that on <laughs> Sapphire's Earplay. Like, I don't offend. You know, I, I don't aim to offend anybody on this show. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm asking this. Oh, go for it. I'm so curious. I, I, I just... <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, I could see when people say, pull back on the, the O's and the A's. How do you put yourself, because I could never imagine myself recording myself to climax. So, do you have to, like, go through a progress, like, a process of faking an orgasm? Are these orgasms real that we're hearing in the stories? Like, do you have just, like, a, a slave underneath your, you know, at the foot of your desk? <laughs> <laughs> or like a little like specific toy. They're like, you know what? Let me just this. This is the time. Boom. Let's catch you. Well, I, OK, so the answer to all of that is yes, across the board, but different scenarios. I'll explain. So sometimes I, you know, just get into the story and I don't know. It's just something I've realized I can do. I can act out. And and it's something I guess after doing all of these podcast episodes and all of these erotica fiction podcast episodes and I've done. I don't know, probably 50 some audiobooks. It's something I've learned I can do. So I can act that out. And also on my podcast, I have actually used a toy during to get the sounds. And what what I find really interesting is when people when if they know which one was one that I did, they say, You sound exactly the same in both. Like they can't tell the difference. And I'm like, sweet, that's that's awesome. I love that. So I guess I've done both. And I had a, an author approach me once that wanted me to read a story on the podcast. And I used a toy along as if I were the female character in the story. And that was really fun to do too. And so 
yeah, I guess I've done all across the board and something I've just learned that I can do, which I know is is weird because it's not like I went, you know, didn't go to school to learn how to make sounds or, you know, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I know it's like, I always love fucking with people with theater of the mind. And when, especially when mm. I was working at Playboy, that's all that was yeah. like, yeah, there were right. sex acts, but we couldn't acknowledge it because technically we weren't allowed to have sex on air. Technically. Okay. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, technically. But did it happen? Yeah, it did. Thank goodness mm-hmm. my contract is up with them and they're no longer um, in the radio realm. So I could say all these <laughs> secrets. But a lot of the times it's like I would be eating a sandwich and people thought I was eating, you know, one of the porn stars out in studio. We used to have, <laughs> used to have like a silicone uh, pussy and uh-huh. I just smack it. You know, and it just, it sounded believable. Or sometimes I would just, right. in between yeah. my elbows. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I bet. For oh. sure. It was the best. <laughs> it was the best. But me, just like, when people ask me to really orgasm, I found it almost kind of weird to have sex on air. Mm. Like, I've done it before. Sure. Uh-huh. And as much as a voyeur as I was, I was always like, okay, I don't want this to come out not genuine. Like, I know yeah. I'm a loud mm-hmm. person, so... If I'm giving you a sample of how I sound in the bedroom, I don't want you to think like I'm I'm faking it. <laughs> so I guess right. I just have to overcome that hurdle and just, you know, let it out once in a while. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, I guess I just really get immersed in the stories, too. Like, I'm like, feel them. I'm acting them out. So it's just kind of like I just react and just do it just kind of I guess it just kind of comes out naturally for me. And I just I, I don't know. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Looking at some of your titles, by the way, one that stuck out to me very, very like, I was like, yes, yes, this is great. Never say never swing. Oh, yes. Please tell the reader and like listeners about this one, because I, I feel like the the title itself, first of all, I think it's genius. Just very simple because, yeah, you should never say that you're never going to try something, especially in the world right. of sex. So with this story, give us a little synopsis. Okay, so yes, and that one I'm actually working on an audiobook with right now too, with the two podcasters that I hired. And so this is a story of these two couples have been friends for a very long time. Their families are friends, their kids hang out, they have dinner together. And so in this particular story, the kids have gone to one house to hang out and the two couples have gone to another to hang out. And the one couple had started dabbling into swinging and they'd been wanting to ask the other couple and you know hey do you want to do this I wanted to approach them and so in a way that actually ended up working out very naturally as they were talking flirting just having a good old time it came up hey Hmm. would you guys ever want to swing and so I go through the whole process in the story of them thinking about it them being shocked them being interested to actually negotiating and then boom Things happen. I love that. (laughs) And again, never say never swing. There you go. I definitely, I was like looking, I'm like, ooh, I got to tap into some of these titles. But that one (laughs) just for some reason tapped in very well. And maybe that's because of the atmosphere that I like to put myself in. I don't call myself Mm -hmm. a swinger, but I do like going to swinger parties. I love, you know, telling people of how open going to a a swingers event can be quite an enhancement for your relationship you don't have to right. swing to bring you know the lessons of a swing party to the table yes. of your relationship so i love mm-hmm. that again you centered a story around friends who mm-hmm. may or may not have been attracted to each other but they knew that there was some type of tension that needed to be let out and then mm-hmm. that's that and i think honestly just like all aspects of um sexuality it's fluid you know yes it should be an ebb and flow sometimes you don't have to necessarily be attracted to the person physically as I've learned later in life it's not all Mm -hmm. about the looks it's sometimes just if the vibe feels right right why not be adults yeah negotiate which I love that you brought that up negotiate Mm -hmm. about it and then go into whatever comes next oh yeah I wanted that to be a part of the story. Yeah, it's they, they actually sit down and write, before they start talking, they actually sit down and write out lists of things they know that are definitely no's 
things that are yeses, things that are maybes, things they're curious about. And then they actually talk about it. So yeah, I mean, the communication part was was fun to write. I like that because that's the way it should be. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, sex communication go hand in hand. You can't have, mm. you know, you can't give yourself, you can't give your body to someone else without proper communication. You know, body right. language only goes so far, but using yep. your words and being very verbal on what you need. And even after the fact, being verbal about what had just happened to process right. is extremely important, no matter what level of the relationship you're at. Yes. It's just, it's vital. It's key. With that said, Ruin, first of all, I can't believe how much time has flown by. Thank you so much for joining. Where can people get in touch with you? Again, we have your new project coming out, Neighborhood Sex Secrets, coming out next month. So excited for that for you. Yes. And I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. You can find my books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple, Google, all over. Kobo, you know, I kind of have them everywhere. And my website is ruinwillowauthor.com. And my pe- podcast is Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow, which is on all the podcast apps. So you can find me pretty much I'm all over the place with that. So <laughs> we'll of course put the link tree bio in this episode um, description so you guys can find it. Because like I said, she's got a plethora, a plethora of great erotica out there. And I'm just so excited. Again, I, I just can't wait for Neighborhood Sex Secrets. You sold me <laughs> automatically on the description. I'm like, yes, gotta go back. I got to go back and dig to more. And of course, you know, find you on the Moan app. You do tend to yes. do some chats on there. Would you say it's a little bit different, you know, because you have now a live audience just in wrapping on that? Yeah, it is. I mean, I really what I've been doing about once a month is narrating one of my stories or, you know, an excerpt and then just having like a discussion afterwards. And yeah, it's really fun. I mean, every once in a while I might screw up a little bit because it's hard to, to read a long extended portion and not screw up. But um, I've done pretty decent, I would say. I've had like just a few minor things, but it's fun and I really enjoy it. I really love to just read for people, I guess. And so it's really it's fun for me. <laughs> and I, I love it when people come in and we talk afterwards and the conversation can go wherever. I'm open to whatever. Absolutely. But yeah, it's really a fun thing. <laughs> we'll definitely find her on the Moan app too, guys. And of course, you can find me at MsRadioSapphire.com, at MsRadioSapphire on Instagram. And till the next time, remember that safe sex is the best hot sex. Good night. That was the show, all you sexy motherfuckers out there. Remember to follow at Ms. Radio Sapphire and Sapphire's Earplay on Instagram. Want some eargasms of the past and future? Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all streaming platforms.